This is Purple Radio On Demand. Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of The Faith Podcast with me, Lydia Bennett. If you haven't listened to The Faith Podcast before, Faith Question Mark is a Purple Radio podcast that seeks to explore and bring to light the experiences of people with faith at Durham University. Over the last weeks and months, I've been interviewing some some different people from my university about um, what life is like as a Durham University student who also considers themselves a person of faith. We've been doing some myth-busting, some debating, and we've had some really amazing conversations about what faith is to some of the students um, at our university. You can find the Faith Podcast pretty much wherever you get your normal podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, it'll be there. Just search Purple Radio On Demand and the Faith Podcast episode 5 will be there. Um, This week I've been speaking to Ravi Adedra and Ravi Samani about their experiences of being a Hindu while studying at Durham University. If you're keen to see some of the behind the scenes footage of today's episode, go onto Instagram and find the Faith Podcast's Instagram at faith.podcast.pr. Um, so welcome guys. Um, it's lovely to have you on the show. Um, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. How are you, Ravi? I'm also very good. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you for inviting us to the show. No worries at all. It's it's such a pleasure to have you have you both here. Um, we're going to start first with um, your Durham stats. So, Ravi, do you want to go first yeah. on my left? Hi, I'm Ravi. Uh, I'm from Butler, and I'm a first year accounting student. Nice. And Ravi. My name is Ravi Odedra, and I am a fourth year economics student from Hildebeard. Great. Yeah, welcome, guys. It's so lovely to have you on. I'm so pleased that you're here. Um, Let's get straight into the question, shall we? How would you describe your faith? So I would say that I'm I'm a Hindu, Mm -hmm. and I think Hinduism is uh, all about practice. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's all about rituals, Mm -hmm. and it's all about poetry. So what we have is something called itihas, which is uh, a metaphoric understanding of history. Mm -hmm. And um, it's... You know, we use that to guide our day-to-day decisions and uh, our actions, and we try to incorporate rituals into every aspect of our life. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's you know the food we eat, whether it's uh, you know, for example, um, playing sports. Uh, you know, we, we try to incorporate rituals wherever and whenever we can. And uh, so, essentially, it's sort of taking human activity in a context where you can legitimize it, but also control it and direct it towards a higher goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I'll get into this a, a bit later, but yeah. uh, what that higher goal is and, and what, what kind of other aims th- um, that Hindus have in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially, you know, we respect diversity of practice, which is why you might find that my answers uh, will be you know, different from the answers that Ravi gives. Mm-hmm. And we allow coexistence and uh, through mutual respect and you know the building up and you know celebration of various traditions mm. at the same time mm-hmm. interesting and you ravi yeah i believe hinduism is a uh, is the belief in like different aspects of god um and it's uh, there's epic poems like rooted in hinduism such as the ramayana the bhagavad gita the ramayana plays a big role in celebrations like diwali um and the bhagavad gita um teaches you about how life is transitory and ephemeral and that there should be detachment from life in a sense because Hindus also believe in reincarnation and therefore we believe that everything here is temporary and that in the future 
things and stress and all the emotions and what you have may not actually mean a lot um, in the future. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are different like aspects of Hinduism. Yeah, really interesting. Do you, um, obviously Hinduism is a, um, I guess a religion as a whole. Are there kind of different sects in Hinduism? Um, there's things like Shaivism, where people are devoted to a specific god, such mm. as Shiva. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are other types of sort of devotees. Yeah, so, so I, I would agree with that um, in the sense that there are, um, we call them sampradayas, which are different uh, paths essentially mm-hmm. um, of spiritual practice that uh, people can get initiated into mm-hmm. and follow to you know their s- whatever the goal is. And sometimes the goal is very similar, mm-hmm. um, but there are different methods to attain that goal. Sometimes the goal is different. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, um, Ravi mentioned uh, Shaivism. Um, within that, there, is, there are also various different parts. For example, th- there's a Nath Sampradaya, which, which focuses on yoga and mm. um, sort of transcendence through yoga and uh, sort of maishu practice as well of the body and um, living a cert- you know, life according to certain principles. Mm-hmm. And again, these principles may differ um, depending on, on the sort of the, you know, the, the Sampradaya, the, the sort of path. But essentially, yes, that's correct. There, there are many different, um, you know, sects uh, mm-hmm. within Hinduism, and it's not the case that all of them focus on. You know, the only difference is not that they have different deities that um, are given prime importance. Mm-hmm. Um, some ha- might even put various deities uh, at the same, uh, you know, at the same level yeah. uh, of importance. Others might put one deity for. Some might focus on um, the uh, sort of devotion to uh, a non. Um, attributable or you know deity without any sort of um, attributes you know or image and others might f- put a focus on a deity that has more you know f- more of a form mm-hmm. no that's really interesting and almost quite quite different to a lot of other kind of faith groups in yeah. that sense yeah um, so you, you've you've kind of hinted at some of the, the kind of core yeah. parts of, of Hinduism but um, and this is really tricky, um, yeah. I know, because obviously there's, you know, it's so broad, yeah. Hinduism is so broad, but um, would you be able to, in a couple of sentences, describe your core beliefs? Yeah, so there are the four main beliefs. I, I don't know the actual Sanskrit terms, but effectively they're just, the first one would be pleasure. Um, the second one would be dharma, which which is a Sanskrit version, but it, it's basically just devotion. Um, and the third one would be, is prosperity and uh, providing for yourself and for your family and those you love and the fourth one is liberation uh, and in Sanskrit it's called moksha I believe uh, where it's about living a life which is deemed to be one where well personally I believe one way it's not necessarily perfect but one where it's um, you feel free in terms of you've, you've lived to the best of your ability and done things righteously um, and in accordance to what you believe is right and having true karma. Yeah, I, I would agree with um, what Ravi said in, in general and um, the, the terms he mentioned, um, dharm, earth, gam and moksh. Um, and you know, uh, the order that I said them in um, might be a bit different, but the dharm is, as, as he was describing, um, a righteous way of living life. In terms of like some qualities that you might give uh, for this particular sort of aspect, um, it would be your your sort of duties to yourself, duties to your family, your culture, tradition, and pr- preserving that and s- passing it down into the next generation. Um, the way you speak and and sort of consciously speaking 
in a way that's uh, appropriate in, in the situations. I think dharma is about actions that are appropriate. Mm-hmm. And a lot of actions can be appropriate in certain contexts. And there are there's also a kind of dharma which is beyond any any sort of gener- uh, any specific context. Yeah. And, and that is something that all Hindus try to strive towards. Because when, when you reach that dharma, then you're you're performing duties that are you know acceptable in sort of any context, and and that's when it's more, most beneficial. Um, similarly, calm, um, it's pleasures and trying to um, un- you know undertake pleasures within your life, uh, whether it's uh, f- music, art, um, even sex and reproduction. Mm. But what separates um, you know a lot of people have a misunderstanding. They think oh it's calm and it, it's related to sexual pleasure. This is also yeah. where the Kama Sutra c- you know comes from. So they have this misunderstanding and they think that um, you can take it out of sp- specific religious context yeah. mm-hmm. or um, out outside of the the goal that you're aiming towards yeah. and and so then it becomes debased and, and it leads to hedonism but that's mm-hmm. that's is exactly what we're trying to avoid by yeah, interesting. you know putting it in a certain context and accepting that these things exist in life and there's to an extent you, within a controlled and limited situation you can direct um, your actions towards you know this as a higher goal which is moksha which we'll come back to mm. and then art, again if you take it out of any context and you completely debase it it becomes greed yeah, yeah. it's all about um, earning money and uh, having wealth acquiring wealth in your life mm-hmm. but when you again bring it into a, the context of um, the four purushatas as they're called the four eight, uh, pursuits of um, human life then it, you can try to you know attain that higher goal of moksha and so it's almost like a fractal because what guides um, your art uh, and what guides your um, calm, your pleasures and your you know pursuit of wealth, mm-hmm. that's based on the dharma, which is your sort of path of righteousness, your understanding of duties, mm-hmm. and so so it's you know they have effects on each other, and then they lead in uh, ex- uh, you know in the end to moksha. So the very kind of interlinked yeah. kind of web of everything that's kind of connected. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, you talked a little bit about um, Sanskrit. Yeah. So, do you have a holy book? Um, the Bhagavad Gita is considered the holy book. However, it doesn't have distinct rules okay. where it's follow this or pray five times or something yeah. similar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of what you gain. It. Um, and it's mainly a conversation or an epic poem between uh, Arjun um, and Krishna where he talks about um, the transitory nature of life. Um, and there's also other things like your duty as a person or as, as his specific role, which was, um, so Arjun was um, a warrior and Krishna talks to him and, like, and he says that it's your duty to become a warrior. Um, and it's mainly what Hindus gain from that rather than what they just read in, like, in literal terms. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'd consider that the holy book. And there's also the Ramayana, which is a poem. Um, and there's also the Mahabharata. Um, the Ramayana, like I mentioned previously, was um, really specific to Diwali, and Diwali is based around the Ramayana. So, yeah, I, I, I think that um, what a lot of viewers, uh, listeners, will be able to pick up on mm. is that some of these questions are very appropriate in a in a sort of a Christian context, and mm. and they so in a sense, es- the the essence is a Christian essence because. Um, you know, when Christianity looks towards other, you know, cultures mm. and tries to identify the religion in them, 
then it has certain it looks at itself for example it has a holy book a prophet a god a founder mm. and it tries to apply those same characteristics mm. to other um you know traditions yeah and essentially what i have been sort of um thinking I mean, this is a point i've been thinking about quite a lot mm. and i think that hinduism as well as like buddhism jainism they there are a phenomena that exists but they're not necessarily as religion interesting yeah mm. um it's like saying you know if you have two categories of things for example cats and dogs yeah. both are domesticated animals right yeah, yeah. but they're both different things so it, it's co- to compare hinduism to christianity would be like comparing cats to dogs Absolutely, rather yeah. than comparing different breeds of dog for example mm. that that would be more akin towards you know the comparison between islam and christianity and yeah. judaism mm-hmm. so in terms of you know holy books we have texts lots of um, lots of different texts and some of them the ramayana and the mahabharata these are the ep- long epic poems that um are quins- what constitute itihasa which is the metaphoric understanding of history and this is a way of transmitting history in a way that it can be learnt just through inherited tradition yeah because you know when people look at history today and they ask the question you know why why do we not learn anything from history you know why do we keep making the same mistakes mm. it's because we we read history as if it's some something abstract and we don't really um it's not taught in a way that um in, in a metaphorical way that if you teach it in the form of stories mm-hmm. then from a, y- a young age it can have a huge impact on you know the people and and how they grow up and how they think mm-hmm. um so they can avoid certain um you know negative things they can uh, pers- pursue certain other positive um qualities based on you know the past lived yeah. experience mm-hmm. similarly we have um the dharma shastras which include a law basically law books and these provide guides that kings would have used to uh, set the laws of the, the nation in, yeah. in the past there are the vedas which are the four um or oldest hindu s- texts um which provide the initial framework for this entire um phenomena and it's it's because of the vedas that you can have different uh you know people with different believe in different deities different mm. um uh, traditions all coexisting because they set set out this framework that allows that to happen mm-hmm. um on the basis of mutual respect and uh, various other factors so um yeah and th- then again there are other various other scriptures like the upanishads which are philo- uh, philo- philosophy and it's not it, you can one one can't say that all hindu or any hindu tradition re- at the end of the day can only take um guidance from one scripture mm. um they're all very interlinked yeah. and it's it's uh, you, i mean you can take the vedas and interpret uh, interpret the um the itihasa in a particular way you can also take the itihasa and interpret the vedas in a particular yeah. way mm-hmm. so they have um that d- dual role that they play in society yeah and do you mind me asking kind of obviously we we've, we've you've noted that kind of really yeah. that big difference between almost the abrahamic religions yeah. and hinduism what would you kind of describe hinduism as for you is it would you say a world view would you say uh like a would you say a religion or a faith like how would you describe that for me it's not really a world view mm. it's just a uh, inherited tradition that's okay. the best way i would describe it and mm. but it, but when when you say inherited tradition so sometimes feel feels a bit primitive be- again because you're looking at the whole thing from you know a christian sort of perspective mm. but then that it's not that it doesn't mean that there's no texts that um you're able to use 
um, it doesn't mean that you can't use your own logic mm. and you just have to blindly follow what your ancestors yeah. followed. There's a lot of dynamism involved in that. There's a lot of um, intermixing of ideas and yeah. a creation of new traditions. But it's essentially that, that focus on, on the tradition that is inherited from your family. That, that is the, the f sort of focus. And it, the best way I would describe it is, um, for example, Christians or Muslims, they would say that we have a holy scripture and we have certain beliefs that we've taken from that. Mm. And from that, those beliefs, we will try to you know, do action or do, you know, do things in life. Whereas for us, it's a matter of we've seen actions done by our family. You know, we see w what actions they do on a day-to-day -day basis, basis mm -hmm. and our actions will be inspired by their actions. Mm. So it's you know the the root is not belief; it's action. Uh, that okay. that's the I would say the major difference. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I think I'd agree with that because it's mainly culture and what your parents actually tell you to do because it's not um, it's not like Abrahamic faiths where if you'd go to like a certain mosque like um, every week or so um, normally our traditions are set out by our parents and that's also heavily cultural influence so like mm -hmm. in India um, if you're part of the North India where my parents are from the traditions might be different to South Indians where mm -hmm. they would celebrate things on a different day or they'd have different celebrations that we don't celebrate uh, as much or that we even know of. Okay. So yeah, it's very uh, cultural and it's influenced heavily by culture, yeah. Mm. And what implications would that have on things like, I guess, conversion? Yeah. Is is that a thing? Yeah. It is a thing? Yeah, it's a big thing because, um, I mean, if you look at history, so uh, initially, well, today, the majority of Hindus are Indian mm. and majority of India is, is Hindu. But historically speaking, um, what is today modern-day Pakistan, Afghanistan, Bangladesh, and most of Southeast Asia mm. was Hindu. Mm -hmm. So um, it's it's. I mean, it doesn't require a lot of um, you know thinking to realize that. So at some point, all these different areas yeah. would have been mm. converted to Hinduism. But um, really, what that means is that they, whatever the traditions that, that were there, they were brought into a larger uh, Hindu sort of context and accepted and, and so of course there's been changes to those traditions that would have existed prior to Hinduism mm -hmm. but um, it's basically been enhanced by Hinduism on, on multiple levels and and you know for example today in, in Indonesia is mostly Muslim now but Bali for example is a, a majority Hindu province um, so it, it, for, for people in the West for example in the UK um, conversion is something that is very m much possible and it does happen and what, what it requires or what happens is you because there are so many traditions as I said there are traditions that you can join and initiate into mm -hmm. so even though you might necessarily not have the same you know you, you don't have that um, inherited tradition but you're able to uh, join as an initiate to another tradition for example you have the International Society for Krishna Consciousness or ISKCON um, you have um, the Swaminarayan um, Sampradaya or in a, in a sect in the UK, which is also quite um, uh, you know, popular among uh, Kanawats as well. Um, you even have a lot of people who go to India, for example, as a on a gap year or you know, to find themselves and they join an ashram mm. and um, become part of a particular tradition. And obviously, what, because of the, the people that are in the UK, uh, from the, who, who are Hindu from inher by inheritance essentially, um, 
if they come from certain areas, those the, the traditions from those areas are going to be more prevalent here. Yeah. But um, now, obviously, with travel, people can just you know go to India or go to another place and and join other traditions that are um, you know and and th- that way get initiated and, and become a Hindu essentially by practice. Yeah, and going back to the kind of the yeah. idea of um, I guess inherited tradition. Yeah. Um, is Hinduism something that's kind of very strongly based within family? Is that something that's really important to to Hinduism? Uh, for me, yes, it was because um, I just learned everything about Hinduism through my mum and my dad, um, where they would just um, just tell me like, oh, to do this on a specific day, mm. or if it's a specific day where you had to feed them, plant um, water the plants, um, or my dad used to come into my room when I'm revising and he's like praying to the sun and I'm like, oh, what's going on? And then he would explain <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm praying to the sun because we have to thank the sun god for coming out and um, all these traditions, which I think you have to be quite inquisitive to know because it's not something where they'd, for me personally, where they'd just sit me down and be like, oh, this is everything about Hinduism. Yeah. It's like as you go along yeah. throughout your life and you realise more, especially as you're older mm-hmm. um, and you start to realise that there's these different traditions which you can yeah. follow and after coming to uni, I've realised that, oh, it's actually quite different mm-hmm. uh, to everyone else's, um, bec- everyone else's point of view and what they've been taught. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree with that because, um, so, yeah, even when I was younger, um, I, you know, my family would, you know, for example, when they teach you things like what you, th- sh- what you should do, what you shouldn't do, they never necessarily made it specific um, and you know they didn't point to a particular quote within a text to yeah. say that this is what you should do or should not do mm-hmm. but they just said that and expected me to you know believe it and most cases and I would say probably all cases whatever they taught was firstly in influenced by Hinduism and I, I could then retrospectively look at yeah. texts and, and find exact quotes mm-hmm. for that um, kind of idea or belief but yeah. um, in the whole reason for that, the way that they taught me, was because of that focus and practice, and that that's why the family is so important because it's the means of you know transmitting that knowledge down. Uh, other ways that that happens is you know through, um, for example, religious events where your whole community sort of gathers and and you know you celebrate a festival together, um, then you know going to the temple with your family and understanding all the different traditions and how how you're supposed to um, offer to all the different deities that are there so yeah definitely family is very key and and uh, yeah one other thing i should mention is um learning through art and music is also very important so we have i mean in terms of art um there are lots of different tv shows and um, movies and you know um, that kind of thing that uh, based on um, the ramayana and the mahabharata and other in the text that I, I used to watch with my family and, and learn from mm-hmm. um, and in terms of music um, every area or every, every you know tradition in Hinduism even modern traditions have um, what is called bhakti which is um, essentially uh, offering to you know that which is beyond the, the world essentially that divinity that is beyond the world mm-hmm. and um, you know it's showing your eternal gratefulness for for the gift or the blessing of life. Mm. So, uh, one of the ways that bhakti is done is through bhajans and satsang. And bhajan is a, a tr- basically a devotional song. So every group, uh, and there are other devotional mu- forms of music as well, um, in um, different cultures and different traditions. But 
Um, for me, it was bhajans, and we used to, I used to listen to bhajans with my family. I still do, and um, you know, you just learn f from. Sometimes it's very devotional, and and just like you know, focus on praising the qualities of the, the deity, and sometimes um, it's more introspective and talks about um, the practices that you should incorporate in your in your life. Yeah. So it's again a form of um, inherited wisdom, but it, yeah, that's also something that. Um, family passes on and mm -hmm. uh, you learn from yeah I guess for my own understanding I'm keen to know about what um, what is the structure of I mean you've, you've mentioned deities yeah. like and I'm I want to make sure that I understand yeah. what, what you guys yeah. actually believe in so so the Vedas they describe um, 30 33 types of deities mm -hmm. and um, today sometimes people refer to uh, 33 million deities mm. the point is uh, you know a lot of Hindus try to say that we're monotheistic because they have this sort of false impression that you know monotheism um, is somehow better or or you know polytheism is somehow worse but Hinduism is not really you know strictly polytheistic or monotheistic mm. there's space for Hindus to believe or to practice the worship of uh, or devotion to um, one deity um, which is sort of uh, without any qualities and and sort of um, beyond the the uh, physical world, which mm. um, Ravi described as as being Maya or you know illusion or illusory, and there's also space for Hindus to uh, propitiate um, multiple deities in their daily life, um, village deities, family deities, mm -hmm. and so I would say mo the majority of Hindus are definitely. Uh, wor well, worshippers or um, they propitiate multiple deities in their lives. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm just kind of drawing on my my very limited knowledge yeah. that I was <laughs> exposed to in probably secondary yeah. school yeah. of kind of um, I guess learning about some of the basics about yeah. the, the kind of the three. I mean, this might be absolutely yeah. wrong to yeah. be honest. The three kind of main deities. Yeah. Is mm. is that true? Uh, yeah, yeah, the Trinity of deities, so mm -hmm. Brahma, um, Shiva, and um, Krishna. Krishna, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, that brings back memories yeah. to <laughs> yeah. my yeah, secondary also school. Also, one thing I wanted to mention is that mm. back in primary school, they showed us a video where they said that Hindus believe in effectively one God and that deities are an aspect of one God, of mm. the Brahma. Yeah. For me personally, it, I didn't really know that. And I remember talking to my mum about that and she was like, oh... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, so it's a lot, very nuanced, and like it's very different to um, what other people believe, and mm. it's actually very like with the individual. It's honestly uh, their beliefs. Mm -hmm. I think they all work in tandem as well. Yeah. And mm -hmm. there's also something where there's like there's stages, and uh, cur currently we're in the Kali Yoga stage, yeah. where it's I believe it's where the world's. Um, almost about to recycle again yeah. and start again. It's uh, its own rebirth. Mm. So there's reincarnation, but there's also reincarnation of the actual universe itself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so interesting. And actually what you picked up on Ravi about um about school teaching yeah. you yeah. kind of interesting <laughs> things. Like we could we we might even talk about that later. But that's interesting, isn't it? Like how I don't know, you're taught something that potentially is not even what you yeah. yourself yeah, we believe. Even know about, yeah, yeah, interesting. Um could you describe your experience of um of being a Hindu as a student and then more later go on to Durham as a place because yeah. obviously the two can be potentially quite different. Yeah. Um, so as, as someone um, in your kind of um, time of life, 
someone as a student how how has it been being a hindu yeah so um i'm a gujarati and gujarati hindus are um are commonly vegetarian mm. um so as a vegetarian i found it uh initially it was quite difficult mm. because you're just into a new place where you're vegetarian yeah, yeah. and you don't know how many options especially cooking for yourself yeah um Uh, it's been quite hard um especially if the food's very different to how my mom makes it yeah <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> not as nice <laughs> um, uh yeah so it's been quite hard to adjust to that but yeah. i feel like there's so many options in durham um and that people are quite um accepting and they haven't really heard of um vegetarianism as part of a religion as much um and that's where culture also comes into play because when i'm at an event with other indians who are hindu as well they're like oh you're vegetarian uh, i'm not vegetarian <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who's yeah. in the wrong but it's not a matter of <laughs> it's yeah. not a matter of who's <laughs> in the wrong it's yeah. it's a matter of like what you believe in personally yeah. and what makes you feel um ravi mentioned bhakti which is a, like devotion and what makes you feel closer to god mm. and i was born on a spe- specific day called ganesh chaturthi um which is a day devoted to uh, ganesh um and since then i my parents thought it'd be a nice idea to be vegetarian to feel closer to god because mm. uh, of the auspicious day and how they feel like it's almost um auspicious and like quite mm. almost like destiny <laughs> yeah 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 interesting and what about you ravi yeah so i i started you know discussing my experience at school mm. i went to a school um in hertfordshire and most of my peers both in um, primary school and secondary school were um i was usually from atheist backgrounds or you know and there weren't that many hindus in, in general yeah um but i it was i never felt unwelcome at any any stage and any time you know i faced racism for example mm. um it was uh not related to hinduism because mm. it was is more like this from b- born from ignorance i would say yeah. um and f- uh, i have a uh, you know very good example when i was at school Uh, secondary school and i went to a battlefield trip in, in north east france to see mm-hmm. you know the um sites of the world war 1 mm-hmm. um i was living with like four other uh, four other people and uh, two of them were friends and then the other two were their friends mm-hmm. so i just told them you know every night you know before we go to sleep um if you could give me like three or four minutes of silence when i can do my um, devotion and my um you know spiritual practice yeah. um which included um reciting the hanuman chalisa which is um basically a poem dedicated to hanuman mm-hmm. uh they said you know absolutely fine and uh, you know they never disturbed me so that's that's my experience with most people mm. however um there have been instances where i've also um felt uh, or experienced specific targeted yeah. sort of um discrimination mm. but that's not been from Uh, you know white british people or you know christian people or atheists um it's been from usually uh you know people other people from south asia really? um, us- mm. us- uh, the indians of course usually muslims um and uh, i'm not of course most um you know muslim f- people i've come across have been very nice to me mm. um but the few instances that i have faced of actual ra- um sort of racism has been mm. from them and uh i just remember an example with uh, when i was at secondary school um there was this kid and he just comes up to me and calls me an idol worshipper really? as an insult and he's trying to be you know make it as an insult so mm. um obviously I, it's not something that I get upset about but it's it's just strange to see and uh when I was at, uh, then coming to Durham 
It's again been a very similar situation when um, Ravi talks about the food, mm. uh, um, Hindu or Indian events, and how you know he's a vegetarian. I'm also a vegetarian, also mm. from a Gujarati Indian background. So uh, it, it's strange, and um, and I think before I used to be quite um, strongly pro-vegetarian, but now yeah. I'm like, yeah, I can understand. You know that if you if it's in your tradition, if your family have been eating meat, then it's it's yeah. up to you. And you, if you feel that. Um, becoming a vegetarian would be better for your spiritual practice mm -hmm. and that's something you you decide on and you you choose to do otherwise um, it's absolutely fine you know yeah. who am I to decide or say what's wrong and uh, what's right in that sense mm -hmm. um, and again I, at university I've not really experienced any other issues apart from I had a roommate um, who was also from a Muslim background and uh, once he decided to order 10 kilograms of beef and this is probably one of the um, sort of core beliefs of Hindus yeah. that mm -hmm. uh, cows we, we hold sacred. So it's it wasn't that, um, he didn't really contaminate any of my food or anything like that, um, but he did it out of spite just to really? insult me okay. as, as a Hindu. So that's why, um, you know, after after that, of course, I stopped sort of speaking to him and yeah, you know, stopped yeah, being absolutely. friends with him. But um, this was one of the, you know, bad, really bad experiences that I've had in my life. And in terms of, in Durham, you're both you're both part of Durham Hindu Society, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Um, has that community been really, um, has it been helpful for you? Kind of how has that community been? Um, for me personally, it's been really helpful because I finally found people like similar to my age who mm. aren't family yeah. um, and talking to them about Hinduism and their experiences. Because normally the only time I'd learn more about Hinduism or talk about Hinduism is at a family function, mm. whether it be a wedding or a religious event. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's normally with people who are, uh, much much older than me and are related whereas when it's with someone from a different area of India or a different background in general mm -hmm. um, and talking to them at a similar age and how how their lifestyle is as a Hindu it's been really like intriguing um, and I've learned quite a lot of new things that which I believe I wouldn't have found out about if I just stayed at home mm, yeah absolutely yeah um, well I, sh I should say that I, I made this society two yeah. years ago mm -hmm. so um, when I made it, it was again because I wanted to interact with and yeah. you know meet other Hindus of my age and you know just make friendships as as well as um, celebrate our festivals and and you know, try to bring the community together and uh, so it, it's definitely been a very good experience for me just uh, well personally as well just you know taking that much responsibility yeah. but also the ability to learn from so many people and um, interact with so many people. I also think that um, it's a bit different because in the sense that here you have a society of British Hindus yeah. um, from various backgrounds and you have um, a group of uh, Hindus from, for example, India who've, who've come as foreign international students. Mm -hmm. And more often than not, I find that the British Hindus are sort of more um, involved in sort of day-to-day -day religious practice than mm, the in Indian Hindus. Mm -hmm. um, so. Uh, but nevertheless, through the Hindu society, we've also been able to like you know bring those two groups together as well, yeah. and, and it's been very interesting. And the other aspect of Hindu society has been the interfaith um, network yeah. and mm. how how we've you know worked with other s religious societies like the Jewish society and um, the Christian society, the Islamic society to have joint events mm. um, throughout the year um, and like uh, celebrate interfaith week, and also that's been a very good. Um, yeah, absolutely. Occasion as well. Um, I mean, not that this matters at all, but um, how many people kind of come, do you have in as part of this community, how many people yeah. are in the society? So um, 
as I said, we, because we only started two years ago, yeah. and like last year and most of this the year before that COVID. was affected yeah, by COVID. Yeah, 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 of course. So, um, in in one of our events, we had this was in the first year, we had seventy people wow, attend. Wow, gosh. Um, but since then, it's been between like ten and twenty people. Mm. So my hope and uh, the other people in our society. Um, this year, I, I'm a co-president, so uh, I'm sharing responsibility with Harini, who's w- worked really hard this year to, you know, help organize the events. And what we all want, I, I mean, three of us are graduating. Yeah. One of the exec members is still saying. So our hope is to, you know, to pass on the baton to the next generation mm, of Durham Hindus and mm. and hope that they take the society forward. You know, we we've built the foundation now. It's yeah. it's your turn. I feel like it's a good scope to like ascertain more knowledge about Hinduism. Mm. Um, other people look towards, well, for me personally, I look towards like YouTube to learn more about yeah. Hinduism. Mm. There's a guru called Sadhguru. Don't know yeah. if you've heard of him. Uh, and he gives a lot of inspirational talks about Hinduism. And it's mm. a good way to learn knowledge. And the the idea of cows being sacred, um, where Ravi mentioned the beef situation, mm. I actually didn't know why, because I remember being like, oh, how come we're not allowed to eat beef specifically? Mm. Um, and I remember he mentioned something where, because the common belief is that, oh, gods are see- um, cows are seen as sacred and holy and they're effectively deities. Um, I don't know if he mentioned it or if another person mentioned it to me, but it was to do with how in a village where if there's no mother or anything, uh, any anyone to provide for a child who's homeless uh, a cow is able to provide for a child and i found that like really touching and like i never understood why cows are so sacred and um important in the hindu tradition mm-hmm. so i'd love to learn more about different nuances and different um concepts in hinduism uh, through the hindu society yeah absolutely and i think that that's must be so valuable for kind of just even having like like just knowing other people but also yeah. like being able to grow in in your faith or your understanding of yeah. of your of your your expression, I guess. Yeah. Um, on this point, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll mention on. one thing that um, because we've been talking quite intensely about tradition mm. and how it's sort of inherited. What's happened is over the past well two hundred years, um, there's been massive sort of rifts or changes in society that have led to um, the whole sort of structure. Of how Hindu tradition was passed down, mm. um, you know, being ripped apart in a sense, because you've had um, sort of modernity, yeah. you know, industrialization, mm. um, urbanization. So the past occupations, th- the way that they were passed down, that's that's now gone. Um, you had a system of you know various thousands of different tribes all across India that would you know through the you know this through family passed down jobs and. Um, the traditions now and and that would be within a village context so with they would come together with the other tribes to celebrate and um, certain rituals and do certain rituals now that doesn't happen anymore Mm -hmm. so uh, Hindus are sort of in now in a state where we're trying to rediscover um, and sort of create new traditions in a sense Um, especially and this is especially true for those Hindus who live as part of the diaspora Mm -hmm. because now we're we're in a completely different environment. Yeah. Um. So, uh, since you know the last forty years or so, um, the with the growth of the Indian middle class and with you know diaspora Hindus, um, going from new immigrants to having some you know wealth and you know thinking about other aspects of life, mm-hmm. um, there's been sort of increased 
sort of zeal or you know uh, yeah I would say zeal for trying to rediscover our identity and, and sort of try to build on, on it further. Yeah, absolutely. One social phenomenon which Ravi mentioned and I found it so interesting as well is that British Indians um, or British Hindus um, tend generally to be more um, devoted and more religious than um, people who are not British Hindus and I wonder why and because when I noticed that uh, I asked like my other friends who are like from India and they're like oh are you coming to the Hindu society and they're not very keen on it I, I wonder if it's to do with how they believe it's innate in that they already are part of um, have um, links to Hinduism from being brought up in India or whether it's something where because we're not so used to it um, there's a novelty around it where being Hindu is still part of our lives and because because when I see someone else who is Hindu yeah. I feel like oh wow there's yeah. someone else yeah. cool, so yeah. yeah so I just wonder why that's the not social yeah. phenomenon I, I think so I've also, I had a, one of my closest friends at university he's from India and he's a Hindu and um, he explained to me that um, he, he was you know part of the original society um, but he told me that a lot of the students that we have here from who come from India they um, don't necessarily see it as cool to be associated with sort of religious things mm. whereas here um it's you know i i didn't know that there were so many christians um in our, in our generation but at durham and yeah. st- student um you know circle and it, even though I, I say this uh, a lot of my closest friends at school have been christian mm. uh, or, and are christian but um nevertheless most people in my school were atheists but in durham and there's so many christians which i was very surprised and yeah it's, and big, it's a big community yeah, in durham it's it it good to see so um and you know Christi- christians from our generation um who are quite proud to be you know christian and to represent their sort of faith in various different um, aspects of mm. society and uh, sorry um university life mm. but um with the Hindu students who come from India, they're, they're not necessarily in that sort of place. And a lot of them might just be, you know, they may not be um, that religious or they may think that if we don't believe in God, that means we're not Hindu. You can still be a Hindu and have spiritual practices without mm. necessarily believing in God. There are traditions that do that. Yeah. Um, so I just think it's a matter of image. And that's why with the British Hindus, it's very different. Like uh, every society that has a significant population of sorry university with a significant population of hindus in the uk mm. has massive hindu societies with mm. like hundreds hundreds of members oh, in durham the hindu c- student community has always been quite small mm. that's why it makes sense that our society is, is kind of small at the moment yeah. and um, at the moment yeah <laughs> it's got room to grow <laughs> yeah. yeah that's that's honestly really interesting and i had no idea that there was that difference i guess yeah. really interesting um Let's go on to um, the biggest challenges of um, being a Hindu yeah. at university. Yeah. I mean, you've picked up on some of those already, um, but w- w- what what do you think? I feel like for me, the biggest challenge was the one that I mentioned previously with the one where um, the different practices and the culture where when I went to, like recently I went to Nando's with my friends who are also Hindu yeah. and they ordered meat and I ordered um, a vegetarian food mm. um, which is really nice um, so Interesting choice to go to Nando's <laughs> I must admit, it's oh, they, very heavy They have this like mock meat sort of yeah. thing which is like really nice mm. I forgot what it's called but it's really nice um, and yeah and I didn't bring up the conversation but mm. I was like we're, we're both not in, in the wrong 
and I feel like I don't want people to believe that there's like some sort of taboos if if you're vegetarian or if you drink or if you smoke, mm. um, because I feel like as long as you feel like there's a way that you're closer to God and there's a way that you feel spiritually linked to Hinduism, then then it shouldn't really be looked down upon. Mm. But I feel like there's a lot of debate and almost um, it's somewhat polarized where people believe, oh, well this is what the one, the right way to follow it. This is the wrong way to follow it. Do this. And it shouldn't really be like that. Um, and it's always been challenging to actually get that conversation going where, okay, you stand here and this is your point of view yeah. and these yeah. are your beliefs mm-hmm. and these are my beliefs. None of us are in the wrong, but it's something different. And because it's not a faith of the book and mm-hmm. people aren't very, they're not able to look at the book and be like, oh, look, this yeah. is the right way to follow it. Mm. Um, and, and I think even if it was like that, there is not necessarily about following the book and um, just going by that, if you feel like you're devoted in a way, I feel like that's all that matters. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, on, on that particular question, all, all I would say is if someone has that question, you know, if I'm doing the right thing, uh, first you'd look at your family tradition. If your family has been, for example, eating meat, I mean, it, for me, it's not it's a minor issue now, but if, if, you're, if, they ha- if that's the case, then it's probably acceptable, right? Mm. Um, because that would match with your family duty as a dharma. Mm. Um, the other thing you'd look at is if um, you know y- you belong to a particular tradition and the texts that are recommended in that tradition or your gurus um, within that tradition, wh- what they said and taught about this topic and what practices they expected their follow uh, the um, you know the initiates to um, follow. And uh, beyond that, you'd look into the other texts that are sort of more you know anyone can sort of look towards to get inspiration, like the Bhagavad Gita. And um, uh, the uh, concept of ahinsa or non-violence is very essential. Um, so, on a if I, if I were to say on a general level, alcohol, meat, uh, smoking, all these things are discouraged, mm. definitely, um, on a general level. But that doesn't mean that if you do that, you become a bad person. Yeah. Mm. And the other challenge I would say is that there's no temple at Durham University. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, within when you're at home. Um, for anyone that's sort of a religious Hindu, it, it's not a big deal because, um, for example, the closest temple for me is about 30 or 40 minutes drive away. Mm. And we don't go regularly, but that's because we have um, a temple at home and we have regular you know, devotion at home uh, as a family and mm. as an individual. But in Durham, it can be become difficult yeah. um, for a lot of students and they, they they can find themselves sort of maybe going down the wrong paths even f- in terms of what they want to do or what they don't want to do mm-hmm. so having a temple and having that community build around a te- built around a temple would be mm-hmm. something that um would be ideal yeah and just to kind of to finish off um if there was one thing you wish other students knew about hinduism what would it be um i guess it would be divide in that there's not a set way to follow Hinduism where you can just um, feel like you're closer to God just by praying not necessarily by going to a Diwali event or going to a uh, Navratri event or Holi um, there's ways where you can feel that you're closer to God by um, taking on more, I'd say sacrifices but they're more sacrifices as devotion where like if you're vegetarian or you abstain from drinking alcohol or smoking and there are ways where uh, Hindus can realize that there's 
um, more about Hinduism rather than just uh, being a Hindu and being labeled a Hindu. It's much more dynamic, I'd reckon. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I would say it's sort of the general, because Hind most Hindus are Indian or most Indians are Hindu. Mm. And of course, there is a massive community of Hindus um, outside of India yeah. and outside of the Indian diaspora, actually. Mm. There's the Indonesian Hindus that I mentioned. There's Hindus from other places in Southeast Asia, like Vietnam. Um, there are Hindus from... Um, the Caribbean, Mauritius, um, yeah, and Mauritius mm. and Fiji. Um, so, and of course, there are many Hindus that are born into British, you know, ethnically British or English families, and mm. they've become Hindu. So, this is one big um, misconception that people have that all Hindus are brown and all Hindus are from India. Mm. Um, it's not necessarily the case. And the other thing is um, a tip associated with the reputation of India. It's yeah. the cow, curry, and caste. Uh, trio. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, cow, uh, the it's not a misconception. I, I'm, able, I, I'm willing to accept that we do, you know, worship cows and we find them sacred. Mm. Um, and I don't see that as an issue. That you know, I, I want to say that you know, it's a bad thing. Like you know, I don't think it's a thing that we should try to um, underemphasize. Mm. It's it's an aspect of our yeah. um, tradition. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, what is it cow? Yeah, curry. curry, yeah, curry. I mean, th it's just that it comes from like misconception, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but it's again related to culture and uh, not really to the religious practice. But nevertheless, um, what I'm trying to say is there's so much more to Hinduism yeah. that there's that people can learn. And best way I would say if you if you want to learn more is you know go to a temple and just see what's happening and um, ask the uh, priest to ask you know let you uh, do some you know practices or give you some advice mm. and through practicing it, it, it's all about practicing rather than belief so that's why you should be focusing on the practicing rather than the beliefs and and it's well the hindus say that once you if you're pra if you're a good practitioner then all the benefits that you want to see you you'll be able to see in your mm. life mm. Um, whether that's um you know coming out of sort of depression whether that's um you know building a s strong routine in your life and strong discipline um of s or so, uh, you know, aspiring towards certain goals um, and again with the caste thing uh, Hindus in the UK we don't practice um, any sort of caste and it's, it's again it's a cultural phenomena um, and there's a lot of history into what caste was and really it's not it's a, it, there was no set system uh, that can be called the caste system um, but what the common misconception is that Hindus are all divided into caste and you know, they discriminate against each other and so on. None of that's really true. The discrimination that happens is not really based on um, religion. It's just based on, you know, sort of culture, culture and you know, the way people interact with each other in society. When you have different tribes, there's necessarily going to be some kind of, um, you know, in internal issues. But that, that happens everywhere. The, I would say Hindu, the Hindu civilization is probably the only one that's managed to um, incorporate so many different types of practitioners and believers mm. at the same time and they've never had they've never ever had any issues in terms of you know religious conflict mm. i mean you can go around anywhere in the world and you never see this mm. um we had jews in india who lived there peacefully and they never had any problem they were never discriminated against we had um, refugees who came from um uh, iran uh, zoroastrians mm. um and they lived there peacefully and, and they were um, and never discriminated. Today, the Dalai Lama 
um, you know, he, he moved, came you know, as a refugee um, from Ch- uh, Tibet to India mm. uh, when it was conquered by uh, the Chinese. And he's also been living in the, uh, living in India with you know, no issues. Um, and it's not nest- um, nothing to do with India, it's just to do with the um, sort of pluralism that's inbuilt to Hindu society and how yeah. we're able to accept so many different viewpoints and practices yeah. without causing conflict, without trying to impose one way on others. I feel like the caste mm. system is such an interesting point as well because it's heavily like discouraged because it's such a controversial point. But for me personally, I f- felt like it was a way to preserve ancestry. And from a logical yeah. point of view, it would make sense because what it stems from is the idea of if your dad is a blacksmith or if your mum is a blacksmith and you're more likely to learn from them, especially this is quite back in... Um, like before modernity. Yeah, yeah. But yeah before modernity. So mm-hmm. it would actually make sense for that to be a thing where you're recognised as being the son of a tradesmith or anything like that. So and, and nowadays it's confused as a way of an insult, like, oh, like there's some sort of hierarchy, Yeah. Uh, which I don't believe there's, there's much yeah. of a hierarchy. I feel like it's everyone's got a certain role in society and it's actually mentioned that they all work. Um, it's actually um, referenced as a head, like yeah. there's like the head the and head, like the yeah, arms. The head, the arms, the, the uh, stomach and the legs. Yeah. And um, it, it's, there's a, in the Rig, Rig Veda, which is one of the oldest, the oldest Hindu um, text, um, in the Purusha Sukta, um, it is said that um, the Brahmins come from the head, the Kshatriyas are the warriors, the Brahmins are the uh, teachers of society mm-hmm. and the priests and the Kshatriyas are the warriors, they come from the arms, mm. the Vaishyas or the merchants, they come from the stomach and the Shudras, they come from the thighs. Mm. Um, Shudras are um, like the sort of the craftspeople, the laborers. The point is that society can only be a whole if every, you know there are people... Uh, they have like every, their different parts. Yeah, yeah. You, even in any society you're going to have that. Um, at some point, it became hereditary, and it ha- had benefits in the t- sense of preserving tradition. It also had some negatives, but there was never sort of a case where like there's a set system mm. and that there's some kind of set hierarchy. Mm. It was all different tribes having various different um, sort of social equations on a local mm. basis, and and how that led to a sort of social equilibrium yeah. that was beneficial for society in general. But um, obviously, with modernity, there's been a lot of changes and British rule and Islamic rule in India led to a lot of that discrimination becoming mm. inbuilt into um, uh, or well, led to in, in discrimina- discrimination happening um, which still persists in some pla- places but it's not something that um, is ma- you know, make, makes up Hinduism mm. and this is the I mean, key controversy in the USA at the moment where they're trying to introduce caste related legislation mm. which is deliberately designed to target Hindu minorities yeah um, so uh, as far as the UK is concerned there, there's no official or unofficial following of any kind of caste system among Hindus and um, for uh, at the moment we we see all Hindus as being equal um, and we're all Hindus you yeah know? that's mm. that's our first identity mm. as Hindus in yeah. the UK so um, this is, I mean, this is a very big misconception that people yeah. have and mm. a lot of people will insult you on this or a lot of people will, um, you know, use this as a way to see Hindus negatively in yeah. a negative light. Mm. We touched on it um, throughout the, the whole thing, uh, the conversation, um, the idea of karma, the theory mm. of karma. Mm. Yeah. And that's a big one that a lot yeah. of people like have heard yeah. of, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, so again, the misconception with karma is that 
it's it's about good and bad or good actions and bad actions really karma just means you know all actions so this is a theory that says that if you do any action there's going to be some kind of reaction or some kind of outcome from that action that mm. will take place so karma on the one hand is able to explain why there's so much diversity in 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 the world mm-hmm. um, as it exists and also why um, you know things happen essentially yeah. you, for example if you don't study for an exam and you fail that's your th- your bad karma was that you didn't study you know yeah you, you made the wrong choice to not study that r- the right action would have been for you to study yeah. and pass mm-hmm. um, but because it works on an intergenerational basis mm-hmm. uh, lifetime basis or whatever um, through reincarnation that's why um, sort of the whole uh, you know, ex- try to explain the whole world and how, how it works and functions yeah. I've also heard of the notion of true karma which is like good karma but without expecting anything in return yeah. and I think like it really heavily links to uh, the butterfly effect where one action leads to um, other ramifications in the future or mm-hmm. like positive hap- yeah. uh, happenings in the future so um, I find that really interesting mm. um, yeah uh, the, the, so the main sort of point of the Bhagavad Gita um, that is made or main in the, made in the Bhagavad Gita is that um, when you do any action you should do it without expecting return mm. because the return is not in your hand whatever yeah. happens you know if you study for an exam and you end up getting let's say se- um, 60 marks that w- that's not in your hands mm. the only thing that is in your hand or in, 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 is in your control is the ability to study for that exam yeah. and the ability to answer those questions while you're sitting there. Mm-hmm. Once once it's out of your hand, you know, you have to let the sort of the world decide, you know, yeah. what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, by not have having that expecta- expectation, uh, you're able to do tasks, um, you know, as efficiently as possible. Essentially, in the in the karmic theory. Yeah. Yeah. Karma also links to vegetarianism, where people believe that um, once you actually consume meat that live animal you're actually carrying or taking on yeah. all of its bad karma as well so it's pretty okay. it's the reason why it's one of the reasons why people uh, restrain or refrain from eating meat okay well I, I think that brings us to a really good close um for today i just want to end by saying thank you so much for sharing so openly and so candidly about your experiences and um of being a person of faith at durham university i've found it so interesting and I've learned so much over the past hour so thank you so much for that Purple Radio Podcasts Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio Podcast For more great content and to listen live head to purpleradio.co.uk